Hey, David, what's this about the pandemic being over by winter? John, I think it's most likely Santa Claus is going to come and bring COVID with him as a super spreader. Ho, ho, ho. Winter may be tough, but I have a little bit more hope for the spring. Welcome to Care Talk, your winter home for incisive debate about healthcare, business, and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. Hey, John, you know, winter's coming, and I think that means the pandemic is over. O-V-E-R. No way. I mean, come on, David. I know you're tired of it. I'm tired of it. But the virus isn't tired of it, and it is still raging. I think the rates are going up in over 40 states. Uh, the the return to college has been a, and school has been relatively successful in certain areas, a disaster in others. Um, the I, I I can't imagine with with the cold days of fall ro- running into Thanksgiving when everybody too many people I fear are going to bend or break the rules, and then we're locked inside. It is a natural breeding ground of this pandemic and this of this of this virus. And I, I, I don't see how it's gonna how it's gonna get better. I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, well, not with that attitude. You know, I'm shivering already listening to you talk about it with all your negativity. You know, that's that's like a bad thing by itself. So, so John, here's here's what I got for you. Okay, listen, there's a bunch of new treatments that are coming in. You've got antibodies, you got steroids. We talked before vaccine distribution. You know, and we're gonna get that going. We're gonna get testing going, and boom, it's gonna be done. I've got winter goes till March, so I got a while before I have to come through. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So, remesvir that that thing. Um, yeah, I think the study just came out. H- how did remesvir do in terms of improved mortality? Kind of sucked the big one. You know, the uh, it, it actually not just mortality. That before would have been established was that the you know hospital stays would be shortened, and they said, well, assuming it has a mortality benefit, it's worth X Y Z, and then it comes out and it says, well, it's actually it doesn't reduce hospital stays and it doesn't reduce mortality. So, all right, we'll move that one aside. But John, meanwhile, you know, the president and Chris Christie, both guys that are in like you know serious risk groups, they got the COVID. And the uh, and they they got the antibody uh, cocktail, delicious cocktail, and they seem to be much better. So I think that you don't know, get that cocktail out to everybody, it'll be good. Well, I, I think the monoclonal antibody cocktail, the the new biologic treatment, may actually have a have a pretty substantial impact. And it's certainly the monoclonal antibodies, which are biologics that adjust the way your body responds to certain situations, diseases, viruses. They, there's a lot of promise there. But we don't have an ability to produce it at scale. We don't have an ability to distribute it at scale. And we're talking about millions of people, David, potentially being infected and thousands being hospitalized, hundreds of thousands being hospitalized. How is this going to work? Well, John, you know, I think, first of all, you might want to talk about adjusting your antidepressant dose because you're pretty down right now. But uh, I would say, listen, in, in the Wall Street Journal, the Daily Diary of the American Dream there is an op-ed this week from Scott Gottlieb and Mark McClellan, and they talk about getting that antibody cocktail. And you know what they suggest, John? You'll be shocked. Distribute it uh, in the home, okay? Not in the hospital, okay? Infusion in the home. So the home is going to save us, John, and I fully expect you to be part of it. Come on. Well, first of all, the fact that, that uh, you brought up dreams, that that's basically what you're building a lot of your ideas on. But I do think that more care in the home, that's obviously what we do at, at CareCentrics, is going to be central to controlling 
or protecting people who are immunocompromised and protecting people who need to get treated. And if there's any way to move stuff out of the hospital, we should do it because everyone knows that hospitals are very dangerous places for people who either could get sick from those who could, who could infect them who have COVID, but aren't necessarily symptomatic or are and don't know that it's COVID. They might think it's the flu or those people who are just scared to go in and get infected by something else. But we're going to have to think about the logistics train. We're going to have to think about reimbursement. You know, a lot of the reimbursements that are in the healthcare systems are biased towards paying the most uh, for uh, in the most expensive place to get care, which is the hospital. So all of that has to be thought through. But I do think that's constructive. But can you start coming up with ideas that aren't just based on dreams? But sure, based- John. I got more. I got more good news for you. You want to hear more good news? Yes. The flu. Okay. People are talking about the pandemic, the twindemic. Now I'm talking about the nondemic. You know, you know where there was no flu this year? Southern Hemisphere. Why? Because all the things that people do to prevent COVID, like washing their hands, staying away from people wearing masks and all that, guess what? That puts that stops the flu in its tracks. So we're not going to have the flu. Also, people are going to get the going to get the flu vaccine this year. And uh, we're going to be we're going to be good. And if they speed up testing, then you'll be able to see when you think you might have the flu. Is it the flu? Is it COVID? And find out real quick. And boom, we're going to knock this thing on its butt. We uh, well, first of all, you're, you you just happen to be right on the flu. Ha! Okay, say it again. Based on just basic following guidelines of washing hands, face masks, the social distancing. Honestly, the fact that people a lot of one out of five uh, uh, businesses probably closed, restaurants are are a lot of places where a lot of people would meet. They're not going to be meeting restaurants, public places, transportation, all of them at much lower levels. Um, so I think that the flu will be depressed. That's just a distraction. We, we're talking about the COVID pandemic, David. I know it's a modest piece of good news. I think you'll you'll see, you know, probably won't, won't won't be as many colds. But when you get back to the virus and the pandemic, there's just so much more we could do. You're right about testing, as you know. I've been, we've been pushing very hard for lower cost tests, faster tests, more accurate tests. The countries that have been successful at containing this virus without your distraction about the flu have been those that do uh, uh, rapid testing, contact tracing, quarantine, and follow basic social guidelines. If you look at countries like ours, Australia and Canada, they have dramatically fewer deaths because they followed the basics of public health and they've got testing. I think that we are at 134 deaths per million of population and Australia is at one death per million. We're 134 more times more dangerous. And we have the same data, the same infrastructure, and basically the same kind of populations. We got to get that that testing infrastructures built and rolled out right now. All right, John. But surely Thanksgiving and Christmas are going to be good. Am I right? Oh, stop. Oh, Scrooge is here. I, I think that Thanksgiving and Christmas will be good for your family because you will see less of them. <laughs> Amen. All right. The, the, the All of us are going to have to live with changes in our behavior that are frankly uncomfortable. I mean, highest traffic day in the in the country is that is the day before Thanksgiving is where more people more people travel in those days before and after Thanksgiving. That would suggest that more people are actually tr- are, are historically trying to connect. There's a reason why Dr. Fauci's not going to see his kids this Thanksgiving. It's going to be a very awkward time. I think I think Christmas And what did Donald Donald Trump said he can't see his kids either? I thought he just couldn't speak to the media, but he can't speak to his family too. <laughs> I'll uh, let you figure out our current presidential okay. behavior. All right. Well, John, here's the thing. Now, there could be some positives for the holidays. So one is that people, I think, will have a real appreciation for family. So when they do see 
one another. They'll they'll appreciate it, whether it's in person or you know, uh, yeah, or for, further away. Um, and then you know, it's also Thanksgiving is is a good time when people talk about you know advanced directives and things like that. Like what do, what do people older neighbors want? It'll oh, be. I'm depressed about a lot of things. I'm not inviting <laughs> you to Thanksgiving. You're going to bring up advanced directives with my mother. I mean, come on. Let's let's try to in these holidays follow social distancing, follow distance, be, keep 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 the public health recommendations of the CDC in mind. But for gosh sake, you don't need more reasons to be depressed. And I don't think I, I am a huge fan of advanced directives and thinking through that last period of of uh, of, of of life as a family. But the la- I, but this is not a year where I would lead with that before you cut the turkey. Well, John, you know, the thing is, I love some of these holiday destinations with nice leaves and all that. The Berkshires I love. I, I love Barrington, for example, Great Barrington. And they had this declaration, Great Barrington. And I think they said, what did they say? I think they said the, the pandemic is over, right? Oh, it's, it's nuts. The Great Barrington uh, 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 Declaration. It's a group of people who want to wish this pandemic away by waiting for herd immunity, letting the virus run riot, maybe protecting some of the vulnerable. I don't know quite how you you protect a vulnerable person who needs to be served or taken care of by someone um, who it was likely to get the virus. I mean, it, it is it is it is you know nonsense. I mean, if if we have if we let that happen, herd immunity is something that happens when the population gets to a level of in of the infected or who had the virus of 60 or 80 percent it is nuts to let a virus that we don't know what the total damage is 20 percent of people who get it have long-term symptoms uh, 60 to 70 percent of those who get it have heart damage we don't even know how bad this virus is we're gonna let it just run until I mean the the economy's not get getting better until we contain the virus. And if we we have the ability to contain the virus, letting it run riot will just hammer us. I mean, I mean, look, look at, look at, look at. It'll hammer us physically. It'll hit the most vulnerable people first. And for those who survive it, they may have long term physical damage that we don't even we can't even predict. I mean, what do you think? I mean, look at look at Sweden, David. Well, Sweden is Sweden is good, John. You know, they they didn't shut down the economy and uh, they let people run around. And uh, you know, how's it working out for them? Well, I mean, they've got a, if you look at Sweden versus Finland, Finland is nearby, similar population. They have a mortality rate that's five times as high as Finland. And because the this virus has no borders, just because you've got your economy open doesn't mean everybody else does. And I think that the, the, the risk here is you get the economic damage, you get more people damaged and dead, and you don't even necessarily escape the, 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 the worst parts of the economic burden of this virus. Well, John, Sweden actually has uh, suffered probably more economically than its neighbors, believe it or not. So it's not really true that there's just this trade-off that you make between the economy and addressing uh, COVID. There's real flaws in this uh, Great Barrington Declaration, the whole idea of herd immunity. You know, they talk about uh, letting low-risk people get the virus. Well, as you say, uh, eight out of 10 people, when they recover, so-called, you know, they have heart damage, maybe other damage. The idea about sort of protecting the vulnerable with this focused protection, it doesn't really exist. You, you would protect people in nursing homes. How? You know, you're having a bunch of these so-called low-risk people come in and work there. So that hasn't really worked in practice. And it's just tons and tons of deaths. Now, I do, though, think, John, coming back to your idea of, of, of Santa Claus, you know, and Christmas, which you didn't realize that you were talking about, 
you know, you brought me up to Sweden and to Finland and up there. I mean, that's where the reindeer are from, John. And, you know, if we talk about distribution of these antibodies, of vaccines, a cold chain, you know, Santa is a kind of lazy dude. He's only working one night a year and he's got a global distribution network. He's got a herd and a cold chain. And why don't we have Santa Claus bring along the vaccines and the, and the antibodies and be done with it by, uh, by Christmas Day? I think the notion that we can build on dreams and fantasies as opposed to data will kill us. And so we have to focus on the data. I'm I'm sorry, David, but Santa's not coming. All right, John. Well, you'll get a bag of coal. Well, you know what? That's it for this edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Centrics. Thanks for listening.